I'm McKinney Smith. After going through a divorce, my sister passing away, experiencing narcissistic abuse, and some significant health scares, I realized through sharing my story that I wasn't alone in my suffering. Suffering, subjective distress generated by the experience of being out of balance. In a deep dive to holistically heal mind, body, and soul is where I discovered peace, clarity, and connection. It is impossible to be truly wise without some real-life hardship, and we cannot develop post-traumatic wisdom without making it through, and most importantly, through it together. Social connection builds resilience, and resilience helps create post-traumatic wisdom, and that wisdom leads to hope. Hope for you and others witnessing and participating in your healing, and hope for your community. A healthy community is a healing community, and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather, survive, and thrive. Thank you for joining us on the Heal Her podcast, H-E-A-L, Honor, Elevate, and Love Her podcast formerly known as the Iwaka My Stilettos podcast, the top 1.5% most popular show globally, where we have conversations with extraordinary women on their journey towards wholeness and harmony. And since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. As a certified mindset coach guiding women towards peace, clarity, and connection within, supporting the direction of the system toward wholeness, my goal here is to help you thrive. Dingra is a CEO, mortgage broker at Mortgage Savvy, equipped with the mission of evolving the mortgage experience from a transaction-based focus to one centered on building long-term relationships. She's dedicated to advising clients throughout their time as mortgage holders. Rocky's ultimate passion in life is her family. Being a mom is her greatest accomplishment and something that drives her to do more every day. So please welcome to the show... Rocky Dingra. Thank you for having me today. <laughs> Thank you so much for saying yes to um, agreeing to be on the show. I just want to give the listeners a small um, disclaimer. We have known each other for a very, very, very long time from our previous life. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Anytime I get to have a podcast conversation with a woman that I think that I know, I get excited because I always get to learn something new. I get to have a deeper connection with you. I get to learn more about your story, your journey, um, your mindset. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation as much as I may think I know you. I'm Mm -hmm. excited to learn more. Oh, well, thank you for the opportunity. And I'm excited to connect with you as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's jump right in. Um, I love to to start at the beginning before we get to where you are presently, because if anyone were to immediately go to social media and Google you, they see this beautiful, successful woman who is empowering others in all areas of their life. And I I know that oftentimes the women that I have on the show, you know, that's not the beginning. That's not how their their life started out. There's always, you know, whether it be childhood traumas or teenage adversities or anything like that, that, you know, was a part of their journey. 
And I feel like for the women that are listening, the beauty in hearing that part is they don't feel like your life is unattainable for them. It'll, you know, hearing the things that you've overcome makes it more, I'm going to say, or feel more reachable to the women that are listening so that they don't just see this successful beauty and say, well, I can't, you know, attain what she has, or I can't be where she is because X, Y, Z. So my first question is, you know, what were you like as a teenager and what were your aspirations then? So coming from a very traditional East Indian background, my focus was really academics. It was academia. It was the mentality was that you are to go out and secure a university degree and then secure your first job opportunity and climb a corporate ladder. That was where expectations were set. I was very much a people pleaser. Um, I needed, I was, you know, the yes girl. I was my parents' pride and joy. I was a straight A student. I was nerdy. I was shy. Um, I was a very different being than who I am today. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) but the focus in my teen years was really just academia. That's where my focus was in, in the early days. And it's interesting to go back and reflect at how I saw myself then and fears and perception as to what I felt my life should be mm-hmm. for how things should unfold and where they are today mm-hmm. is quite strikingly different. I'm a <laughs> very different person. <laughs> And I I can see that. And the reason I ask that question is, one, I find that a lot of the women who come on the show, especially if they're first generation Canadians, first generation Americans, because of their parents coming from a different country and their, I guess, desires for a better life and to have their children carry on that legacy or to be the first in the family to do certain things, there's a lot of pressure there. And I find that not just the women that I've had on the show, but also clients where they've either used those pressures to become who they are today or those past pressures they've tried to break away from (laughs) to become who they are today. Right. Like we're, we're all born into like, you know, a, a different set of circumstances and our values are defined by what we experience And whether we grew up in hardship or luxury, it shapes our paradigm, our thought patterns, our our habits. So considering that you've just explained that your childhood and and who you were then is very different from who you are today, how has your, I guess, childhood experiences growing up shaped who you are today? I come from a very strong sort of family with respect to morals and value system. So I I really sort of have grounded myself in that. But with that, I have learned to also detach from expectations. And I think that has been sort of the critical key to freedom, which allowed me opportunity to to really go out there and self-discover. And I think that's the important component. I think when you come from a similar background to mine, expectations on what you're supposed to do next are all laid out. So I think the decision to detach from that and live life according to my rules and really look at the opportunities in front of me as an opportunity, not necessarily to get it right, 
but a self-discovery and a journey. Yeah. I'm going to make every day count. I'm going to make every experience matter. And, you know, those that know me know that I, I'm generally a, a bubbly, positive personality. I wake up in the morning with a bounce in my staff. That's, that's who I am. Yeah. And just living life kind of detaching from anything negative and really just focusing on opportunity was sort of the shift for me and realizing that no decisions were permanent. And I think somebody had said something to me that was a game changer. And that is you can change your mind Yeah. at any given point in time. Yeah. Nothing is permanent. Yeah. That provided me with a sense of freedom. It gave me permission to go out there, make mistakes, make decisions, try new things. And if it wasn't going to work out, I was going to able to figure out another way. I love that. I think what I love most about what you said is the detachment piece. I think a lot of us, especially when we're young girls, there's this sense of feeling like we need that approval or validation from our parents, our caregivers, because they're often our loudest fans or critics. So, you know, we're, we're compelled to, to please and imitate those authority figures. And I think it's an important point that you pointed out with the detachment piece, because you can like that self-validation, that self, um, you know, trust in what you're supposed to do or who you're supposed to become is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I would love to know, since you chose that route, where did you receive your praise from? Because I, I can only imagine once you decide to not go with the, the chosen route, there can, <laughs> there can be some, some conflict there. And I, in full transparency, I think I still have some of that conflict, right? And it's, again, detaching from judgment, detaching from those opinions, being able to love and only and accept the positive. And, and I go quiet. That's sort of, that's still something I think I'm still true to who I am deep down inside, which is that shy girl that wants to please. So when I do hear the judgment, I, I detach to some degree and I'll focus on the positive focus. My relationships have changed as a result of that. I've been blessed though, where I have an army of champions. I often will say when you were describing who I was or what visually people may see, when they look at me, I don't see myself in that same light. Mm. And I truly believe that where I am today is a gift from above. Like I truly believe that. And that these opportunities have been presented to me because I'm to make impact. And that's yeah. where I start my company or, or the things I've been able to, you know, build or have access to, or where I've been able to connect with individuals and help them is, is why these opportunities have been presented to me. And that's what I focus on. That reward and that feeling is something that I can't even describe. That is what gets me up in the morning, gets me going. And that is where I focus my attention, right? The people I connect with are, have become my advocates, have become my support, have become my family, have become my friends. My weekends are filled with bar mitzvahs and weddings and birthdays. And and that's such a great great feeling. And I, and that's kind of where I get my, my praise and my grounding. And, and, and that's where my foundation was built. It's, it's with those that have come out to support me. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the reasons why 
I feel connected to you outside of our previous life (laughs) is the beauty in your perspective, the beauty in your humility. I feel like even how you just described yourself, that's totally how I see things and how I feel as well, where the outside world may have this visual perception of you or your life or, you know, what they're, I'm going to say that their superficial perspective of who you are, but the beauty in your spirit and the humility that just enjoys the love, the connection, you know, there's no sense of ego or any of those things. It's just, it's just all love. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Like you can, you can feel it, you know, sometimes. So here's the thing as people, we're visual people, right? We, we see a picture and recreate our own story, our own narrative. And unfortunately, because of, you know, what's been fed through traditional media or other things online, people may automatically create a narrative that is not true to who you are. And part of why I love doing this podcast is being able to have these conversations with women like yourself, where it's like, you're a human being, you are, you know, someone who thrives on the connection and feelings and relationships rather than what people may have created a narrative of in their mind based on what they think that your life is like or who you're like. And I I can get that because for years (laughs) I've had the same experience and it's just beautiful to connect. And like I said, learn more about who you are because then I feel more connected. (laughs) I love that. It is so true. There's so much to learn and Sometimes what we see on the outside isn't true to what lies beyond that. And that's where it it becomes very real. And that's where I think we need to share our our stories, our insecurities, and just be raw because that gives that's the inspiration and that's the support we can provide to another. I seek that myself um, on a day-to-day basis, (laughs) the ability to connect and and just resonate with somebody to, to kind of gain that support so that... I can help navigate my own life. (laughs) So I would love if you could share with the listeners, um, I guess the Coles Notes version of your journey of starting your own business, becoming a mom, you know, how you got to where you are today. Oh, I'd love to share that story. So I did what was expected of me. I went to university. I pursued my master's. I got my first job in financial services and I was on my way to climb that corporate ladder. And I did that quite successfully. And then I got married. And the expectation was that I would, A, from a cultural, but also just given the environment I was in, that I would be a stay-at-home mom, that I would have children. I was financially provided for. And the expectation was that although... I could pursue a career that that was no longer the top of my, or was no longer to be the top of my priority list. And it was a wonderful life for a period of time. (laughs) I continued to work and it was nice being able to do that without the expectation of necessarily needing to, to provide. I got pregnant unexpectedly within weeks of being married. That was not the plan. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then she came early. She came at six and a half months. And I remember I had family members counting on their hand. (laughs) 
Is this why she did it? Right? Like it was, she came early, but the moment she was born, I had that sense of contentment that I had never felt before. I was always a very ambitious being. I've always been that person that took work obligations and opportunities very seriously. And I remember when the doctor had brought me in to tell me that I needed to be induced because there were some complications. And I said, I need 48 hours to get back to the office to clean things up and and (laughs) my clients on notice. And I'll see you on Monday morning. And he looked at me and my husband at the time was furious because he's like, are you going to just have my child on the floor of some like, you know, conference or event? We need you or in the office, like we need, we need to be moving forward. And I, remember the day she was born and I remember the moment that she came into the world and there was this sense of contentment that I had never felt before. In that moment, everything I had been seeking was complete. Mm-hmm. It was peace. It was, I was full for the very first time. Wow. And I enjoyed every moment of being with her for the first six months. However, working for a U.S. bank at the time, expectations were that I would return back to work. And so I did for a period of time, a very short period of time, and realized that I wanted to be at home with her. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be at home with her. My priorities had shifted. I had changed. I was no longer, I looked in the mirror and I didn't see the person that I remembered I was before she came into the world. I had changed in every way. I chose to stay at home with her for the first three years of her life. And that was a period of growth and change. I loved that period of time. It was, it gave me an opportunity to really connect with her. It gave me an opportunity to really spend some time and discover who I was. I was lost for a good period of it. I think we all are as moms, (laughs) you know, we're taking on, I took on a role as a wife and a mom very, very quickly after marriage. I went through challenges of trying to figure out who I was, what I wanted my life to look like. And as she continued to grow and need me less, I missed being excited about something. I missed having something else to focus my energy and time on. And that's where I started to understand the value of building a wealth building strategy and the value of standing on my own. I went from being fiercely independent to being at home for three years, being provided for, and not lacking anything, like living a very, very full life. But I wanted more. I wanted that feeling of of being able to stand on my own feet. Mm -hmm. My dad had said something to me when I was really young, because we had to pay our way through university. We had to pay for family vacations. We had to pay for everything. And And my parents have done very well for themselves. But the reason they did that is my dad had said to me, I love you so much that if I'm not around, I need to know that you can provide for yourself at a, at a, at a level that you are accustomed to, that mm. that is something I need. Wow. So my first job was retail and I sat st- stood on my feet for 12 hours. He picked me up, came home, fed me, rubbed my feet. And I was like, I'm home free. I'm not going back tomorrow. <laughs> Next morning comes in, rips off the blankets off my bed and says, you're off to work. And I'm like, what do you mean? my feet are swollen. He's like, when you come home, I will rub them all over again, but I'm going to teach you that, that you need to be able to take care of yourself because I love you that much. And in that moment, now having a daughter of my own, I immediately realized that that was missing again. That was a gift that he had given me. He'd given me the ability to know that I 
could be completely okay on my own. Wow. And needing that again, I was, I was craving that. I was needing that. I wasn't sure how I was going to make it happen because I still wanted to be available to my daughter. I didn't want to, I wanted to transition as she transitioned going into school. I wanted to kind of be able to start something where I could still be available to her and keep mm-hmm. that connection. I wanted to provide her with that emotional intellect stability that my parents had, you know, taught me and provided to me. Um, and so that's where the shift happened. And that's where I chose to dabble in mortgages just because I saw the value in investing in real estate. I mean, I had climbed the corporate ladder. I had a healthy income. Yet yeah, life always got in the way. It was hard to save. It was hard to be able to hit my targets. I did not want to retire at 50. I wanted to retire at 45. Right? <laughs> I had goals. <laughs> I, I wanted to ensure that I was able to provide for my daughter. I wanted a university fund. I wanted, you know, when she got married, I wanted to be able to provide. I want to be able to take care of her. So real estate provided me with the opportunity to do that. I bought my first home when I got married. I wish I'd done it on my own a lot sooner, (laughs) you know, but it was that idea. I thought, you know, I needed to wait until I found a man (laughs) and then I started, I launched my career with my man is not my plan. And because I think it's so important for those that do meet their, their partner and do it together. That's wonderful as well. No judgment. But I find that sometimes we pause and wait for everything to align. Whereas there's this power and the strength that comes in being able to do things on your own. Yeah. And that's where the plan was to do one mortgage a month. I am a mortgage broker. The plan was to help one client a month, but I was doing it to build my own wealth building strategy. But then as I figured it out for myself, I was like, if I can teach one person a month, but that one person that I was able to do that for would go and tell five other people. And suddenly I got very, very busy. (laughs) And here we are today. (laughs) The beauty in referrals, right? (laughs) It really was quite, quite impressive. There was a sense of accomplishment that came from my first transaction where I had, it was, I remember I'd closed my first, you know, mortgage. It was a client that had not only entered their own property, but within six months was able to also purchase an investment. I got a knock on the door because I started the business in in a small little corner in my kitchen, my home. (laughs) Like I didn't have an office. And he knocked on the door at about eight o'clock at night and I wasn't expecting a visitor. He was like, well, I Googled and realized that you do work from home and you brought me a gift. And he's like, thank you. He's like, can I refer to you as my sister? Because not only have you, you know, helped me provide a a home for my family where we're going to create memories, but you've also shown me a path where I've now been able to buy a secondary property and I have a strategy in place where I can now take care of my family. We don't wow. have, you know, they were, they were new immigrants, didn't have family to lean on. And I'd given them some peace of mind and some stability that they needed. Mm-hmm. And that was such a rewarding feeling. It was such a great feeling. And I remember he sent me an image of his daughter opening the door to the home. And wow. this was her university fund. And that just, that stuck with me. That was such a great feeling. I've closed billion dollar deals in the corporate world, right? In corporate yeah. banking. And this was it. Yeah. 
You know, when I was doing my research on you and I seen you've won like so many accolades for just helping people. And I know that your values on relationship, you know, the priority is the relationship. It's not the transaction, which I think is a beautiful thing. And then I saw some of the numbers that you hit, you know, in some of the years that you were doing mortgages. And I was like, wow, okay. Talk about killing it. (laughs) And then I thought to myself, you know, I know a lot of moms that are not maternal, but I know a lot that are so driven to create a better world for their children that are so driven to be the best possible example for their children that are so driven at helping others, you know, when it comes to family and what we're creating for our family and the experiences And that was what I saw when I was researching you. So, you know, when you're sharing this story of helping this man and, you know, that, that feeling like that's, that's what I got when I was was researching you. So it's, it's beautiful that it's, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, I think sometimes people's online personality isn't aligned with who they really are. (laughs) So I love that alignment. (laughs) Um, you know, it just, the synchronicity of who you are, it's, it's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you for that. But this is where I have to say, this is a blessing. Yeah, I was, I was gifted with this opportunity to have impact, right? That was important to me. And that's something that again, goes back to who my family is and who my parents are and, and, and the lessons that they've ingrained in us. And that is really that we're put on this earth to make a difference and we don't get to take anything with us but it's the impact we make. And sometimes as, as humans, we just assume that when we're looking at making impact, that it needs to be on a large scale. And it really doesn't. We impact five people and they go out and impact another five. We have this ability to really make a difference. And I was gifted with this opportunity where I was inquisitive for my, my own self. And then it's like you figure out the simple recipe to do something and you go and you tell another person. I think where there needs to be more collaboration, we need to have a stronger sense of community and sharing and support. I don't think we have enough of that. And that's what I was hoping to create with that, with, with, you know, creating the brokerage. It was an accident. It was never intended to be where it was. I never tracked the numbers. Yeah. And then we would get our accolades and I'd be like, really? That's what we did? <laughs> because I was having, you know, and even today, like I, I've been gifted. I get to wake up in the morning and just do what I love, which is naturally connect with people, hear their stories, understand what their needs are and build out a plan for them. And not just a plan at the onset, but I think what also we don't see enough of is a follow-up. Yeah. It's just to check in and say, how are you doing? Where are you at? And understanding that life does get in the way and there isn't, there isn't a straight line mm-hmm. to any goal. Yeah. And it, it's okay if there's a little bit of the back and forth and there's a little, it's okay if there's a little bit of a, of a setback. I think we grow as individuals every time there is a setback, anytime there's a change, anytime we're challenged. Those are opportunities and really are where even if we reflect back at our lives, where we're gifted with this opportunity to change. Yeah. Yeah. Ch- change is inevitable. Like people, 
you know, there's a lot of people that want everything to stay the same and they, you know, they don't want nothing to change. They don't want the people around them to change. They don't want their environment to change. Change is inevitable. It's something we can't control. And I think that when we try to control the change, we end up suffering. It's like fighting, I don't know, fighting with God. It's not a fight we're going to (laughs) win. But what I love when you first started explaining like your story and your upbringing again is like what your father instilled in you with that independence because I believe that that shaped your your paradigm for your your drive you know I'm I think when I became a single parent because I was trying so hard to overcompensate for my ex-husband not being present in the kids lives I enabled them instead of teaching them that independence you know I've I've got 24 year old at home and 21 year old at home and a 16 year old at home. And I feel because I didn't want them to feel the hardship, I enabled a lot of things. And listening to your story of, you know, your dad forcing you to go to work and still paying for trips and stuff, knowing that he could have easily paid for it, but the lesson that it's teaching you in the process and now your drive for that independence and to provide that life for your daughter, like, I think we don't realize in the moment when we're making certain decisions and sometimes the intention may be great, but then the result <laughs> isn't as great um, as what we intended. So that definitely stuck out for me when you were sharing that part of your story. And then there was another part where you were talking about the impact of helping one person. I think it's true what you said, where people feel like if they're not helping you know, a large number then they're not actually making a difference. But if you could impact the life of one person, one person, that is a huge difference because you don't know the domino effect of that impact that you made with that one person, how they can go on to help other people and other generations and the impact that it's going to make on their legacy. I think there are, I don't know, I feel like maybe it's the social media generation that caused that to f- focus on the numbers, maybe. I completely um, agree. I completely yeah. agree. And it, it really can be that simple, right? Yeah. Everything has become a lot more than it needs to be. We feel like we're competing almost, right? And the expectations are so high when they really aren't. If I'm having an off day, it's as simple as taking a moment to stop and ask somebody else how they're feeling. It's as easy as that. And my entire day, the energy will reset. From that moment on, there is a change in how that day unfolds just by doing something as simple as that. And I think that's where we have forgotten. I think that's where we need to just stop ourselves and remind ourselves of that. Yeah. It's it's the simple steps that have the compound um, effects, right? Okay. So the example that you just gave of, you know, asking someone how they're doing. And how that can shift your entire energy. I totally resonate with that because it's always been for me where if I'm feeling bad or not in the greatest mood, doing something for someone else makes me feel better because I'm lifting their vibration. I'm lifting their energy. I'm making them feel good. So it's raising mine at the same time. You know, it's it's not focused on self or being stuck (laughs) in that negative place. It's like, okay, it's almost like creating a distraction, but during that process, you're recreating the feeling, you're shifting that feeling. So I love that. You spoke about, you know, just part of when you decided to break away and and disconnect from, you know, expectations and all those things. 
I know that when someone is living their most authentic life, sometimes some of our relationships will be put into jeopardy. So whether that be our relationships with our family, our friends, our coworkers, our spouse, how have you navigated those relationships around you as you've evolved? That's been a challenge. I think where I come from a place of being grounded in, in who I am and wanting to make impact also comes from a place of having gone through some hardships. Mm-hmm. Like life has not been easy. However, and, and my relationships have been tested. My marriage, for example, was tested. I, for many years, tried to play a part where I felt very lonely. It, was, it wasn't where I needed to be. But on the outside, it looked picture perfect. (laughs) And when I chose to leave and walk away, Mm -hmm. the world and everybody around me, including my closest friends and family, did not understand. Because Mm -hmm. on the outside, I had this perfect life. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, was for me, the most impactful. At that point, I needed to detach. At that point, I needed to choose me. I needed to pick me and I needed to pick my daughter. And I did raise Sia on my own. The last four, almost five years, I've been solely on my own. She, wow. I'm her mom. I'm her dad. I, and I know, and I can relate, you know, you go from what seems like having it all to the reality of just being authentic and saying, I was alone back then. I, yeah. what visually looks like, looks now like I'm, on my own, my life is a lot like full, fuller now because I have a support system. I have strong men in her life, my brothers, my my girlfriends, husbands, like we have so much support. We have strong male role models. We have support around her, but I've raised her on my own. Mm-hmm. Wow. And and I think those are hardships where I needed to make a decision where I needed to no longer try to play a part or visually look a certain way and really just find myself. But as part of that, I think I'm in a positive space. Like I'm happier today than I've ever been. My challenges were my gift. I'm so grateful to have experienced everything I did. And that with that has come forgiveness and letting go of expectations because thank God that life threw me the challenges they did because I am so happy as to where my life is today. Like I am blessed. Uh, Oftentimes anyone that's watched my transition, even through social will say, what was the change? And the change is I chose happy. Yeah. I chose happy. I chose to focus on myself. And as women, as the mothers as well, we're often, we feel a sense of guilt when we prioritize ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's okay. Somebody needs to let you know, it's okay. It's okay to take time for you. It's okay to understand and acknowledge that you don't have it all figured out. Yeah. And life is about trial and error and making mistakes. Nobody has a roadmap to get to getting it right. We're all figuring it out together. And I think when you've gone through some really difficult times, you realize that you can bounce back from almost anything. <laughs> so yeah. you're going to go out there and just live your best life. Like really try and be open to new experiences understand that things aren't necessarily going to unfold as, as you had imagined as a child. And that's okay. But mm-hmm. in the end of the day, you need to be able to reflect back and look at your life and just say, this was a story that was fun to live. And there were moments of highs and lows. And when I look back, I am just happy to have been on that journey. Yeah. 
Wow. It's beautiful to hear how you've been able to take that struggle and that adversity and transform that into empowerment and and uplifting. And knowing that you and I have both known each other from our previous life and knowing that the, you know, there was like three couples, you know, married and now us three women are focused on living a more empowered life and a more meaningful life than what we previously had, but how we've been able to take that and empower others to do the same, to live in their truth and to live their best life. When you were speaking about that place being lonely, totally, totally resonate. <laughs> Um, you know, we may have had all of the material things in the world, but there wasn't that fulfillment um, that we have today. And I know that for some of the moms listening, you know, because I often hear stories from other single moms where they feel like their life would be better or less stress if they had their partner involved. And then I hear stories from women who are married and as are frustrated and feel like they're doing it on their own anyway, they may as well be on their own. So I can totally, totally understand where you say that, you know, your your daughter has other male figures in her life, positive role models. I love that you've created that space for her as well. I think society has this perception of, you know, the perfect family and what that may look like. But we look at a lot of us who grew up without our father's present but how we were still able to have those positive male role models in our life. Um, I think that is so important. And another thing you spoke to is like the, the guilt of taking care of you. I think for the women that are listening, something that is extremely important is if we don't take care of ourselves, we're not going to have the energy or the capacity to take care of and be there for other people. So it's important to take care of ourselves. And I know that at first it feels very, very strange. I definitely, I wrote a whole chapter about it in my first book (laughs) about how challenging it was to prioritize self-care and self-love after being a stay-at-home mom for five years and, you know, in a toxic relationship for nine. Your thought pattern about taking care of yourself, that, that guilt, all those things, we've been conditioned to feel that way. But it is essential for us to prioritize our well-being overall, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, financial. So I just love how you've navigated and evolved through that struggle to now not only empower yourself and your daughter, but everyone else that is connected to you. Thank you. (laughs) I think we're all figuring it out, right? Absolutely. None of us have it all figured out. You know, I used to believe that any anyone who was successful, you know, had it figured out. And then you get to having these conversations and you're like, oh, so none of us actually have it figured out. No, <laughs> it's, it's a and we're con- Exactly. We're constantly being challenged. And I, I will say that, you know, with the current times as well, I think we're all starting to feel that again. I think the last couple of years have been challenging for all. Everybody has a story and, and there's still, I think we're all still looking for that sense of stability. And at a point in time, you just realize that, that life is ever evolving Yeah, and you're constantly going to be challenged. So you, as opposed to fearing it, you give into it Yeah, and you just, you know, approach it from a sense of opportunity and self-discovery all over again. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of starting all over again, I feel like the pandemic gave a lot of us a reset 
you know, a lot of people either had to pivot or rebuild or, you know, it just, it caused us to take a deeper look at our lives and to prioritize what's really important to us. I would love to know how did the pandemic affect you both personally and professionally? So the pandemic for me was a blessing because it put me in a position where I I often will say I feel like it happened for me <laughs> because it, it actually gave me everything I needed to to make some really big decisions. It was where I was, I made that final decision to completely move forward with my life mm-hmm. and and completely detach from my past. It gave me the opportunity to restructure my business. I did not know what things were going to look like. And I went from... I, I followed the traditional model of, bro- of building a brokerage. And what I realized is I love connecting with people. I did not need to hire people to do that. I could be- bring people on on the back end to support me yeah. and, and creating an experience for my clients. But I could still you know, live every day in my unique ability and what I was meant to be doing. So the pandemic gave me an opportunity to finally be a mom that was present. It gave me the opportunity to rebuild my business because I had moments of quiet where I could, you know, reflect on what I really wanted. Yeah. I was so busy just being reactive. I never had time to really just get silent with myself and figure out what I wanted my life to look like. So I had the opportunity to finally do that and rebuild and rebuild myself and re, you know, I went on a discovery journey of, of understanding who I needed in my life, who mattered, mm-hmm. what I wanted my life to look like. And so for me, it's been a blessing. Having come out of it, I know where my priorities are. My relationships are stronger than ever. I've built a business. Um, I've been able to source the right people. I, I'm blessed in so many ways because I've reconstructed a life that I'm proud of and that I resonate with and connect with. Mm-hmm. See, and those are the stories that I love to hear. I mean, it is unfortunate that the pandemic, you know, I'm one of those people who I've I've lost loved ones. I've lost, you know, people that I know due to to COVID. But there have also been a lot of amazing benefits from the pandemic. So it's great for, you know, the people that are, are listening to hear because I find based on the feedback, there are some people that are only focused on the negative side and need to hear the positive that has come from it if they haven't experienced it themselves. So I I always celebrate when another woman says like the pandemic has been a blessing for her because it has definitely been a blessing for me. And there has been the, the negative piece of it. I mean, I've helped clients that have struggled through it. So, you know, my heart is there. Not everybody's story has been the same, but I feel like in any given situation, in order to thrive and survive and move forward, we need to focus on the positive and the opportunities. I think that's just where, and that's a skill that we need to learn and support each other with. Otherwise you end up getting stuck. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. So before we go to the final segment of the show, I would love if you could tell people where they could stay connected with you and learn more from you and about you. Oh, absolutely. So you can follow us on Instagram. Um, We really try to stay upfront and present in front of our um, client base, as well as our sort of people that are interested in learning how to build 
wealth through real estate. Um, it's I make sure that I give you insight on on my life and my journey. I'm quite raw about what I share. So um, those <laughs> that are interested in in knowing the reality that not everything is picture perfect, follow us on Instagram at Mortgage Savvy. Um, you can also find us. Our website is msavvy.ca, and I'm always available. I often say I'm a phone call away. If you have any questions, feel free to text me or call me. Um, happy to share my contact information as well. Um, but yes, we are very authentically available to connect, answer questions. It's We're not transactional in nature at all. Um, not about the numbers, about the relationships. And we need to build out a community of creating a safe place where people can ask questions and admit to the fact that they just don't know. We're here to support, provide an education. I'm willing to share my secrets, help you build out a plan and, and yes, just available to chat. <laughs> love it. Love it. I will definitely have the links to all of your socials and your website in the detailed section of the episode. So they don't have to search too far. They can just click and connect with you directly. Perfect. So for the final segment of the show, it's kind of like a rapid fire. Um, sometimes mm -hmm. it ends up being a little less rapid because I don't like rules and I may ask you to unpack, but <laughs> it's really sure. just, I ask you some questions and you share some wisdom, whether it be one word, one sentence, but you let me know when you're ready to go. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Finish this sentence. Authenticity is. Being clear on who you are. Mm, love it. When and where are you the happiest? In my daughter's arms. Oh, what keeps you up at night? I worry about continuing to be able to provide and hold my people. That's my staff, their husbands, their wives, their children. They're an extension of me. So, you know, I, I do worry. I want to ensure that I'm never letting anyone down. What's the best advice you've ever received? Live life by your rules and no one else's. Mm. What's the worst advice you've ever received? Try and make it work. <laughs> I hear that one. <laughs> What's one thing most people don't know about you? That I have found love again. Oh, I love that for you. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, we could have a whole other conversation, about that, but I'll, like, I'll save that for when we start recording. What is something that other people value that you don't? Money. Mm. Okay. And last but not least, what do you wish women would do more of? Give to themselves. Mm. Thank you so much for not only your time and your energy today, but just the beauty in your light, your humility, your, you're just a blessing, your perspective, everything. Thank you so, so much for sharing your healing journey with us today. I truly appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Akini. I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> it's been, it's been fun. <laughs> uh, well, we're definitely going to have to have you on for a part two, because there's so many other routes that I wanted to go down that we didn't get to touch on, but that just <laughs> gives us uh, an excuse to reconnect and have another deep conversation. Absolutely. I'd love that. <laughs>
<laughs> and to all of you healers out there until next time, subscribe on all platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave us a review on Apple podcast. We would love to know what your takeaways were from this episode. What resonated with you? What were your aha moments? What were the, the nuggets that, that stuck with you? Feel free to join the community of healers and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com. And I challenge you to share this episode with three girlfriends three girlfriends that need to hear today's episode and you can screenshot this week's episode and tag us on instagram at mortgage savvy and you can tag myself at the real mckinney smith a healthy community is a healing community and a healing community is full of hope because it has seen its own people weather survive and thrive so let's continue to heal her